I'm Nick Baldridge from the Four Amusement Only EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast. What's that sound? It's Greg and George from the SNES Podcast. Welcome to the Super NES Podcast, episode number 74, for your listening pleasure. Uh, I am one of your two regular co-hosts, Greg, joined by my always faithful other co-host, George. Hello! How you doing? <laughs> I'm alright, how are you? <sighs> we could probably keep this up all night, but we better not. <laughs> uh, I mean, after all, this is a free podcast. We don't want people like, like shutting it off like halfway through it. Wait, this is free? <laughs> It's oh man! To, it's supposed to be, but you pay for this to make your money back because we're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that good. People oh, pay okay. for me. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, yes. Anyway, um, we are. Uh, we mentioned last time that we were looking. Uh, mentioned last time that we were working upon trying to get some uh, more guest hosts onto the podcast, and that is coming. Uh, we tentatively have four guest hosts lined up for you the next four episodes, which we'll talk about toward the end of the podcast. But we mentioned, but we mentioned our backup plan. If nobody was available to start to, uh, um, uh, to record this early, we're going to be a game I a game I knew nothing about until a like weeks ago. So I was very curious to play it and see how it was. Um, and that game was Operation Thunderbolt, uh, which was uh, which is a port of an. Uh, which is a port like an arcade game uh, developed published by Taito original arcade game 1988 Super NES version of the game 1994 uh, Super NES version of the game came out in 1994 um, so yeah six years between arcade ports we, we talked about this in the Pit Fighter episode last time George uh, I thought three years three years was a long gap six years is huge yeah so, uh, but this is the last port to come out. There were other ports, the ports that came out that came out of this game. I mean, it's in a much more timely fashion because um, while this game is pretty obscure these days, like I said, I never knew anything about it until recently. Um, it was popular enough to be a very good arcade, but like arcade hit, and um, um, and spawned a number of ports too. So, um, a little bit, so a little bit about the original game. Uh, this is. Um, uh, as you may possibly guess based upon the name, this is a sequel to Operation Wolf, uh, which was a very popular, very famous, uh, like, uh, early, like, early, 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 like, early, um, I, I'm calling it first person, I don't talk really first person in the sense that we use first person today, but, but you were looking out the eyes of the soul that you're playing as. It's first person enough. Yes. So, there you go. Um, it was a side-scrolling game where basically you, basically you just, uh, went through four stages, four stages trying to gun down as many bad guys as possible, um, uh, like an admission to rescue hostages. Um, Operation Wolf, as I said, was very popular, um, uh, both in the arcade and, uh, arcade and also its home ports. Uh, I had the NES version of the game as a kid, loved it, played the, I played the heck out of it. Um, I really, I really also love the fact that not only was it a good port, they also allowed you to control the game either with the light gun, the zapper, like, or the controller pad, which was a nice touch. Because I, simply certain stages I thought were easier using light gun, and certain light gun certain stages were easier, like, were easier, like, easier, uh, using the pad, so. That's what I really like about games, is being able to play them different ways. Uh, because then, you know, you could be that guy playing on the controller. 
And then you could have a friend with the mouse and it's like, oh, I played with the mouse and this is what it was mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, somebody comes in, oh, I played the, with the gun. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, how many batteries did you <laughs> did you drain on that? And uh, it's like, well, we had we had to buy a warehouse full of batteries to, to play through this game. So well, Operation Thunderbolt also offered a lot of flexibility as we're talking about here uh, shortly. But they... Um, um, so yeah, given the given the huge success that Operation Wolf was, I, I suppose I, I suppose I suppose it's not a shock that a, a shock a sequel was made. Um, Operation Thunderbolt came out came out a year later by Taito, um, 1998. Uh, also, like the original game, it was a two-person shooting game with like uh, uh, with like two guns mounted on a cabinet. Uh, pretty good hardware, like which time, uh, pretty good hardware, like the time being, by the time being. Uh, like when that came out too. So, um, <clears throat> sorry, but uh, um, so, uh, but I was, but even though I was hanging out in arcades, arcades at this time, I, I don't remember ever seeing this game like in the arcades. Um, George, I know that you had set off Mike that you played Operation Wolf, but you never knew about the sequel either, did you? No, I had no idea. There was actually there was actually a third game that was made in the franchise too, uh, Operation Wolf Three, which came out. Oh man, I can't imagine how many people were looking for Operation Wolf 2. <laughs> uh, and that game never got a home port. So that, uh, so then we play that huh. game plays with it may be available in a main collection uh, that's come out for a console since then. I, I didn't um, you know I didn't check, but um, but uh, yeah, like for a while, like for a while this franchise the uh, no, this franchise was very popular. So the arcade version of the game kind of featured a very similar plot like the original, uh, like the original game Operation Wolf. Um, it took place in a fictional country, uh, which is called like Kula, which is actually Libya. I mean, I mean, the map even shows Egypt, the Egypt, but even shows that it names Egypt, but Egypt, but Egypt and like Nigeria next to it. So it's like, okay, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was very strange, but um, yeah. So. Um, Basic, so the basic plot in the arcade game is that there's a, a flight, a flight that's going from Boston to Paris, uh, that's hijacked by terrorists, and like two Green Berets, uh, Roy Adams, Flight Hardy Jones, uh, are sent in, are sent in, are sent in on a discreet mission by the American military to be able to rescue them. Um, and you go through six stages, uh, like in the course of that game. Uh, the, the gameplay perspective varies. It's different in this game as compared to Operation Wolf. Uh, in this game, you're actually you're actually like behind the person that instead as they move forward up uh, as they move forward vertically up and down uh, to the screen. It's very similar to the perspective. Very similar to the arcade, to arcade NES game Cabal. If you like played that either, that's uh, that game's that game's like the same time period. I have not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Cabal is a very good game too. So you're still you're still first person. You're still looking through the character's eyes. Um, so your avatar never is on the screen. And you're just simply, like I said, yeah, you're just going, to, so you're going vertically, you're actually like going like moving forward in this game instead, as you know, um, like advance to the stage, as opposed to side to side stuff that Operation Wolf did. So, hmm. um, so, so like I said, this game did fairly well like in the arcades. Um, uh, there was even reports. Besides the Super NES version, you know, the, the, uh, the game was also ported uh, to the Armstead CBC. Uh, which is a popular like European computer, the ZX Spectrum, also a very popular, popular ZX. European, uh, computer. Yes, if you're British, they say Z. <laughs> no, 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 the name is ZX. Well, I, well I'm still calling it ZX, so there. <laughs> well, then a lot of people are going to pelt you with rocks, and I tried helping you, but hey, you know. Um, it also came out like the Amiga, the Commodore 64, the Atari ST, and it's also received... Um, uh, and the game was also included in the Title Legends collection, which is so to release for the PC, PS2, and Android Xbox. Wow! So it's so, it's uh, it's uh, gained a lot of ground there. Yes. So, like I said, most of these ports came out shortly after the game came out. I don't know why Kaido decided to release this game to Super NES six years after the arcade game came out. Um, it's a very curious decision to have a, to have a game come out this late. This is probably the longest release gap. Of an arcade game to a home port than Werewolf. Um, I can't think of yeah, 
Yeah, I can't think of anything else that was longer uh, than this one was. No idea. So, and also what's curious is that, you know, not only not only did I know about this game, and this game is apparently uncommon because we're going to talk about eBay pricing later on, um, so that's probably one reason, so it's probably like one reason I never knew this game existed, like either their arcades, like, uh, like the Super NES, but they also made significant changes changes with this game, like on the Super NES port, and I, and, and I understand why they did some of those changes, but other ones, like, I, you, some of those changes I have no clue, like, why they made. Um, first, like first start off with, this game was actually developed by a company called uh, Austrian Tokyo, which was an in-house publisher, uh, I'm sorry, like an in-house developer, the title used for many of their games from 1988 to 2009. Uh, many of the, many of the, many of the title games that they released, they, they released, to, they released to, uh, 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 both arcades and home versions during this time period were actually developed by this company. So, um, um, kind of kind of saves cost and makes it less hassle if you actually have the people who are porting your game actually like like actually like working the same building as you I suppose. Uh, so one of the changes that they made um, is the actual setting of the game. Um, the plot is the plot's very different in the Super NES version of the game. And considering this game considering, considering the Super NES version of the game is only released in North America um, it never got as far as I can tell uh, a POW or Japanese release. I don't know why some of these changes like, are made, but... Maybe uh, part of the story was too mature for console games? I don't know. I suppose that's one reason. Um, I mean, well, the game itself the game itself certainly had a very mature theme to it because, right. to, 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 like, because the Super NES game still featured hijacking. And, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you're probably too young to remember this, George, but during the late 80s or 90s, when the original K game came out, uh, hijackings were a fairly common occurrence during that time period. Really? Um, there were a lot more of the, um, uh, the terrorist groups. The terrorist groups around back then, such as the POA, uh, like in the Shining, uh, like the Shining Star, like in Peru, like in the Basques of Spain, uh, like in the, uh, 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 like in the Irish Republican Army. Uh, they, they they did most of their. Um, how can I put this? Attempts to gain and curry political favor uh, by hijackings and, uh, and hostage taking. It's like is their like is their uh, bread and butter uh, like their activities. Oh, huh. um, I didn't know that. So yeah, I mean when they so so when the arcade game came out, it was very timely because like you know um, um, you know there were several big airline disaster and news stories happened in the news around the time period and whatnot. And '94, uh, it was still. Recent, recent up history that keeping hijacking is the main theme of the game certainly, certainly, certainly made sense. Um, yeah, it was a different year. I mean, hijacking, hijacking still happened today, but with airport security being a lot harder, harder and tougher now than it looked back, you know, uh, now than it was back then, uh, especially because of like, um, uh, especially because of the events, you know, because of the events of 9/11. Um, hijackings, hijackings are uh, luckily are just not as common now. That, now they used to be. Um, oh, they make sure that is not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, instead, unfortunately, no, instead, unfortunately, what happens? What happens? Like they target uh, very young innocent tar- uh, concert goers, um, which is a you know, real tragedy. But uh, but anyway, um, so the plane in the Superman version of the game is not per se an American flight. Uh, back flights going from Montreal to Athens. So right away, you're, right away, you're, you're, you're taking a game that's very in their cage, very, very like you know, like rah rah America, you know, like, like you know, like you know, like go punch back these terrorists, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Presumably, a plane mostly filled with American hostages to Canadians, I guess. <laughs> sure, Canadians uh, can do things too. Uh, like I said, it's very strange. I don't, I don't understand why they changed that. That wasn't, that wasn't sarcasm. Just to let people. <laughs> Right. That was not sarcasm. I was being honest there. <laughs> Canadians can do things too. Just want to let right. you know that. And now you know. Yeah. So um, uh, they also go added- go Mounties. I'm sorry. <laughs> go on. <laughs> uh, they also changed. Uh, they also changed the primary bad guy in the Superman version of the game as being the general, uh, like this like pseudo Libya country. Um, you know who goes on who, who goes on TV and makes a demand for getting certain people released uh, out of jail, uh, like his terms not met, and blah blah blah. That, 
uh, none of that stuff was in the arcade game. It was just like, you know, implied that, you know, that's what was going on. So they started out a few more clearly Super NES ported the game. Also, also, Super NES version of the game has the plane apparently being forced down by two fighter jets, whereas the arcade game didn't have any of that. Right. That's really interesting. So yeah, they made so they made significant changes like in the actual like in the actual plot uh, of like the home version of the game. I don't know why. Like I said, I, I mean I understand. I mean I, I, I mean I understand some of it. I think you're right. What you said earlier, like about wanting to kind of uh, make it a little bit less mature um, than the original arcade game was, but right. It, but if this game was only ported, but but if this game was only designed for the North American market. Did it really hurt to, to hurt to lead the American theme in? I, it doesn't really seem to make any sense. Uh, the United States is very hit and miss with what they want to quote unquote censor and not censor, mm. and I feel like that's really weird that they changed that kind of stuff. And it it might be due to some kind of censor they felt like they might want to do for Americans. Mm. I I don't really know, it's but that is an, they- that is an interesting change though. Yeah, yeah, what you're saying makes sense. It is possible because the game was still designed, still designed in Japan. I mean, so I mean, I mean, I mean, the home version was still entirely Japanese production. So uh, they may have felt that making those changes would cater the game better to American game players. Um, I don't know. They also may have felt the yeah. They also may have felt that the that the time has simply changed in the six years in the six years between when the arcade game came out and this version of the game. So. Um, yeah, it's possible, but anyway, um, so those, so, like, those changes aside, um, uh, the Super NES version of the game, uh, outside of those changes, it changes a pretty faithful port of the arcade game. Uh, the, uh, the interface is a little bit different, um, as far as that goes, uh, with the actual, like, you know, like, game, the game selection and whatnot. Uh, you also get you also get this you also get in the Super NES version of the game. This is also a very a very significant change. In the arcade version, you just simply play. There was no there was no choices. It was just it was just it was just simply a very a very linear go from this point to this point this point game like Operation Wolf was. In the Super NES version of the game, you could actually pinpoint. Um, well, uh, I'm sorry, you could actually pick uh, which which stage to start in. I got my three choices. Um, and then it had, and and uh, that, and then it has some effect with background graphics and how many enemies came at you, what kind of enemies attacked you. I think all the changes are probably the same. But they're are probably the same. Are probably the same level of difficulty. It's just pretty much cosmetic changes, like you know, what kind of baddies, like baddies came at you, that kind of stuff. So that was also so that was also like new Superman version of the game. I think they were trying to enhance the gameplay value more and. Uh, um, 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 and try to give the player more of an illusion of choice. I have no idea. <laughs> um, it is it is an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that I can tell you that much. Well, I mean, I mean, it pretty much depends upon what stage you want to tackle first. I mean, like you know, it's probably best to take a. It's probably best to tackle you tackle stage stage do the hardest time at first. I just found it weird that I went from left to right, mm-hmm. and the stages were out of order. Yeah. So there's that. So I don't know if you played the arcade version, also, George. Uh, like I did. I have not. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's like I played the arcade version, also, like in Paris. Um, the gameplay itself, once you actually get down and actually doing the shooting, is pretty much the same as like the arcade version of the game. Um, like I said, the interface, the interface, is like a little bit different. Um, the, the Super NES version still preserves the two-player option if you want to, which is cool. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you have three choices, like how you the, three choices, like how you like as how you actually play the game. You can, uh, you can either use the controller, the Super NES mouse, uh, like the Super Scope. Like I said, you might you might go through a warehouse of batteries if you use the gun. <laughs> Um, I do really, uh, yeah, yeah. I tried both the gun and the mouse in emulation, which of course is obviously not, is obviously not a real thing, but uh, they both seem to work okay. Uh, oh I, man, that mouse felt a little janky in the emulator, and I don't know if it was the way that the game was, that, or, yeah, or, yeah, or if yeah. it was just like this high precision mouse I have for my mm-hmm. computer. I don't know what it is. But uh, I had some problems, and it was—it felt really weird to play this way in the emulator with the mouse. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I felt the same way, but again, I wasn't really sure if that was an emulation thing, so that's why I didn't want to, like, uh, criticize it too much. But, right. Uh, um, um, but, yeah, so, um, so I really do like the, like, I really do like the fact that they, uh, you, the, you, the, you, the, you, that they preserve the, they, they preserve the gun aspect, uh, like, in the home port. You could, like, you know, play it that way if you wanted to. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, I like when arcade ports do that. Uh, I was really happy when they did something like that with uh, House of the Dead 2 for Dreamcast. It's like, oh man, it supports like guns? That is great because, you know, that is a full-blown arcade shooter and, and uh, you you kind of need that gun for that game because using the controller is really odd. <laughs> Speaking about the controller, what do you think about playing the game with the controller? Eh, it's, it's alright. It's definitely a way to play it, but not my first choice. Yeah, I think the yeah, I think controlling the yeah, I think controlling the game with the controller is a mixed bag. Is um, it weird that I felt like I have more precision with the controller than the mouse? No, I, I don't think that at okay. all. Because I think that um, the pro side, the pro side of using the controller, I think like you're able to use the mouse. Uh, I'm sorry, the mouse. Yeah, I get the mouse in the brain now. You're able to use the pad. That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> you're able to use the mouse in very small increments. So you can be very precise, like in your shots, um, which uh, which the mouse I don't think allows, and which the light gun would be difficult to do unless you're an expert player. Um, right. On the bad side, that in reticle is very slow to move. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> and there's no thing to speed it up, right? There's no button you can no, hold to speed it up. Unfortunately, that's just how it's yeah. programmed. So that's but. so weird. They should have that. They should have like a, a like oh hold the left. What do you even call it? The left button? I don't know. <laughs> the the sh- the left shoulder button. Right. You, yeah, if you yeah, hold yeah. down like the left or right shoulder button, the the cursor will move faster. They should have had something like that, because yeah. that would that would make it better. Right. And the yeah, like the aiming reticle was obviously not this slow like the arcade version. Um, I, um, uh, the aiming reticle was also faster than use uh, was also faster than use super. Oh, they use like use super scope. I noticed. So yeah. Like by dealing with the controller that they're good the controller that's slower. So um so yeah, I mean the controller is the, the controller is the easy way to play this game with. It's certain it's probably the most precise unless you're an expert player, but you just have to but you just have to learn how to deal with that slowness, unfortunately. I mean it doesn't make the game unplayable, it, it just like makes it more more of a slug than it should be. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, these, these, you know, not everybody's gonna have the mouse or the, the gun. So yeah, right. You gotta, you gotta also make it for the thing that everybody has, which is the controller. Right. Um, I'm hoping everybody has a controller. I don't know how <laughs> they'd be playing the SNES in the first place if they didn't have one. Mind powers, I guess, maybe. <laughs> I guess that's, I, I guess that is a rare form of uh, video game control. Right. Uh, you insert you insert into the second controller port, and then you can defeat Psycho Mantis. <laughs> yeah, I love that trick. <laughs> yeah, uh, Metal Gear has done some awesome stuff. But uh, anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, on the bright side, also with this game, though, I think uh, the graphics. Wow. Uh, this. Oh game, yeah, it looks game, pretty good. This yeah yeah this game looks gorgeous. This game looks almost almost as good. Almost as good as the Super NES port, just like it does like the arcade version. Um, I know you didn't play the arcade version, George, but if you compare screenshots, other screenshots of them side by side, they're almost the I same. I have not. They're almost the same. Oh. They're that good. That that is really cool. I like when uh, they take the time and try to do as much as they can with the art. Which I think, like, which is which is one of the benefits I think of the fact that this game did come out six years after the arcade game, because not only the programmers learned to be able to. Uh, That's what they were doing for all those six years. They were trying to make it look good. <laughs> uh, not only had they been able to learn the t- learn tricks of using the Super NES uh, uh, to a better effect, but the but but the but the processor uh, was more powerful than what the arcade uh, game originally had. So uh, so they were able to duplicate those graphics like very very well. So yeah, uh, very very slight difference as far as graphics. It's not like far as graphics goes. Uh, go. This is certainly this is certainly one of the best looking arcade ports I've seen bar none. That's good to hear. So yeah, the graphics. So the graphics are very good. Uh, the enemies, like they're running in front of you. Uh, um, 
very lifelike, I thought, like very detailed. They all looked white, and that was weird. They all use the same model, yep. <laughs> no, but it's um, like, wait, are you, didn't you say you're supposed to be in like Libya or something Libya, like that? Yes, but... Um, Is that inaccurate? I'm not going to assume that people in Libya are white or anything, but I feel like that is inaccurate and it feels weird. Man, they probably wanted, they wanted to, yeah, they probably, they probably didn't want to go there to avoid any uh, stereotypes. So, okay. Um, I, I mean, I mean, but uh, besides the skin color, I mean, they kind of are stereotyping because of the clothes. I don't know. Let's not get into this. <laughs> yeah. Let's not, let's not get into video game politic thingy mobobbers. Yeah. Let's just yeah. say that... <laughs> Let's just say that times have changed. Times have changed between now and then, and like you know, it's not very fair. Let's to just judge. say they are bad guys, and yeah. you need to kill them. Yeah, and, yep. you'll, be get, and you'll be doing a lot of killing. Uh, believe me, because uh, they throw everything at you in this game. Uh, you have soldiers, you have tanks, you have helicopters, you have uh, uh, you have APCs. It's uh, very interesting to shoot down a helicopter within a, a whole magazine for your gun. Well, well, again, Operation Wolf, you can do that. So, I, I mean, I mean, in many ways, this game's in many games in many ways, this game's a pure sequel to that. Yeah, I just find it interesting. I mean, I, I mean, oh hey, okay, let's shoot down this boat with a whole clip of ammo. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, if you, yeah, if you hit it just right, you probably could, you probably, like, could do that, but, uh, my reason I'm very realistic is, it's probably best not to think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just be like, okay, but, uh, you also have, so you also have, like, so you also have a number of grenades that you can use, which are, so it's best to use against your hard targets. You can get more power-ups, um, uh, by shooting down, uh, but destroying like, certain buildings and whatnot. Not only can you get uh, extra ammo and grenades, you can also get power-ups like you know, uh, bulletproof vest to help keep your uh, to, to help you to help you absorb damage and an extra magazine to like be able to carry the extra gun, uh, to, to do extra bullets and that kind of stuff. Um, I, oh, um, I also forgot to mention there is a life gauge in this game that Operation Wolf has, so you can't take some hits. It's not like a one kill thing. Thank God. Yes. Yeah, that would have been like pretty unplayable. Um, uh, it would because you know there's yeah. gonna be that one guy that I missed because some weirdness with the mouse happened. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, this game has this game has unlimited continues. Um, and like I said before, you can't play with a second person, a second person playing in. I imagine the game is probably both easier and more fun with somebody else playing with you. Unlimited continues. Um, I didn't see an end to the credit limit. Did you? I ran out of credits and I had to restart. Hmm. You may be right about that. Uh, maybe, maybe I simply just uh, just uh, picked up extra credits or that credits like the gameplay, that kind of stuff. It'd be really nice to have unlimited credits. <laughs> but they, um, yeah. So, um, um, sound effects uh, and the music are just basic, basic, basic. Basic stuff that you expect from a game of this type. Uh, ported, um, again, ported, again, ported over, set up the arcade. They're shooting this grinding, that's about it. Yeah. So, sorry, don't much to say about that. Um, well, the police are coming after you for that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the AC is in the window, unfortunately, now it'll be summertime here, so I can't help the background noise. Yeah, but. no, I, 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 that would suck to not have an AC. So, <laughs> hey. Uh, so you mentioned you ran out of uh, credits. Did you find this game difficult? Uh, it was all right. There was a point where I found myself getting hit a lot, and that's not good. Um, it just it just got really weird for me because it's like I was going, I was doing well. And then the further I got, the more the the more it felt weird. What was going on with the mouse? Maybe it was like a whole thing of there's a lot of stuff on screen now, and it's affecting it. I don't know, but uh, also uh, hostages really are terrible, and oh, they yes. don't they don't <laughs> know how to run. They like walk away, and then you have a chance of shooting them. But yep. also, when you're trying to open the door, you still probably shoot them anyway. So, hey, uh, that's the, a problem. The ending of the game is even worse than that, because the version of the game, just like the arcade version, has a final decision at the end, 
where the lead hijacker, the, the lead hijacker at the very end of the game, is holding the power of the plane hostage, um, and um, and you have to and you have to shoot the hijacker will play in a certain time frame. And if you don't do it or you miss, and if I hit the power instead, it's the I'm at game over. Wow. So so. So you get like one chance to one chance to beat the game correctly, then get the good ending. Wow. So uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, hostages, hostages in games are not very smart. I was having flashbacks to Choplifter and a stupid hostages who like you know like oh no try to run away from you and like you know like I need to land here, you morons. But <laughs> well, I mean, who can say how any of us? Like react in that kind of situation in real life. I mean, like we might panic, freak out too. So I mean, I'm trying to be, so so I so I try to be like too modest. My, uh, 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 so I, I try not to be too. Uh, so I try not to try not to be too harsh on them, even though they even they even screaming them for being stupid idiots. Yeah. No. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to save you. <laughs> hey. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so. Um, so yeah, uh, there's some, there's some, there's some basic cutscenes in the game, the beginning, uh, the, uh, the intro and the closing, and there's also, you know, there's also like a map, and a, a map and a couple of the small things, that just, uh, a small things that are showing in between missions, uh, but, um, but it's time for what it is. Uh, uh yes, all the small things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing. <laughs> just wanna let you know, all the small things. Um, I thought this game was fairly difficult, I, um, I, I, I don't think it was difficult as Operation Wolf was. That game was very, uh, no, that game was very tough. But um, I think so. I didn't beat this game. Well, I well, well I beat this game using save state. I, 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 Cheater. Yes, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I did not beat this game fairly. But um, I think that's fair enough. I think if you just simply just played enough times, you'll get good enough at the game to learn like where things coming from you, whatnot, and just get better. Um, I think that's how a lot of video games work, especially this time period. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But uh, um, so uh, yeah, um, the, so the challenge is pretty good, I thought. Um, so uh, it's definitely a good challenge. I mean, like overall, overall, I'm really glad I played this game. Because like I said, I, I no idea this game existed. You know, a couple weeks ago, um, I certainly would have played it a lot, a lot if I'd known about the game back when it came out. I think it's a very fitting sequel to Operation Wolf. Um, it does. Um, it tries to do many of the same things that, that first game did. Um, I I don't like the graphical change about having you go up and down, uh, uh, like moving like 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 uh, are moving in vertical uh, vertical direction. I much prefer going side to side, like Operation Wolf had. But um, outside of that, this game pretty much is pretty pretty similar to Operation Wolf. I, I, um, you know, I, I think I can say that if you're a fan of shooters uh, of this type of this type like Cabal and Operation Wolf, by all means check this game out. Because I think you should, um, you know, you should, uh, you should have some, should have, should have, uh, I think you can have some fun with it, like for sure. Um, I think the light guns are probably the best way to, to play the game, but the tour of the mouse is just, uh, it's like, like work for you all right as long as you get as long as once you learn to deal with the uh, idiosyncrasies that those that like control device uh, devices have playing the game you know what i was just thinking i never tried uh setting up the game with the uh the gun because you use that with the mouse i wonder how much different that would be compared to using like an emulated mouse over like an emulated gun with the mouse I, I don't know. That'd be kind of a. Um, I should have thought of doing that. That, that uh, I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't like think of it either. So don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this game was cool. Um, it was definitely an interesting thing to play through. Uh, is there much difference to what character you select? No, I think it's just a matter of, like, a skin. Okay, that's what I thought, because I looked at it, and they bring up this profile thing when you select the character, but it's just so quick. Yeah. It, like, everything looked the same to me, but, um... Yeah, I, I don't see the point in being able to select a character in that game if they're all going to be the same. You might as well just call them Roar Roar Shooty Mans or something. <laughs> Um, it was a cool game. Uh, playing with the mouse is weird. 
I don't know what it's like with the actual SNES mouse. Right. But, uh... Maybe the controller might be the best way to play. I don't know. Well, once you get around the slowness, um, you know, because that just yeah. can't be helped like, as far as that goes. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, a lot of people consider uh, a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of people who are fans of the game, uh, fans of the game, do consider the Super NES port problems aside the best, really the best home version out there. I mean, it came on six right. years after. I mean, it came on six years later. So that's why, but. Um, you know, but it's like, you know, like, looking at all the, you know, looking at all the videos, videos of gameplay of the other versions of the game, they all look fine, but I do think Super NES is probably, it was probably the closest, closest, like, arcade version of the game, so, but, uh, um, um, yeah, so, um, the reviews of this game when it came out were mostly positive, um, just to use a typical example, a Game Pro, uh, a, a Game Pro criticized the appendices of the gameplay, and this one is, um, um, and and this one is the end. And this one is and this one is the end. But end point. But they praised the colorful, the colorful detail graphics, strong sound effects, and concluded, "quote This operation plays a success, generating plenty of shooting throws uh, for media soldiers." Again, quote. So, and that's pretty much a one sentence capsule, capsule, capsule uh, of what we've been talking about so far in this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, most of the, like I said, most of the ranges, you know, most of the ranges of the game were fine. Um, this game apparently, apparently, was pretty uncommon because uh, this is probably the least amount of copies I've seen I've seen available in the marketplace, at least as far as eBay goes. Um, not terribly expensive, like for like a rare game. I think just the fact that just because a game's rare doesn't like rare doesn't mean it's a high demand. So right. and obviously, and obviously, based on these prices. Um, you know, this game is not in high demand, but um, there are only there are only six copies of this game currently. Still currently on eBay, like as of like, uh, you know, as of like yesterday, uh, uh, like about eight copies of the game that sold so within the past ninety days, and it's definitely low on both those counts for Super NES games come so far in this podcast. So I mean, it's out there, but not too many copies. Um, card only prices sold anywhere from twenty four to forty dollars. Um, wow, really? Yes, some should be included. Uh, CIB two two of those two of those examples that sold recently, like with CIB, one was one was one was fifty one dollars. Like no one was seventy four dollars. The fifty one dollar had a pretty bad box, which is why I think it's it's over cheap. Um, and there was even a zero copy of this game sold you know, sold recently also uh, for a relatively modest two eighty. No, yeah, relatively <laughs> modest. You are you you're you're correct. Everybody, get off your butts. Go buy this game for almost two hundred dollars. Well, um, well, compared to like you know, other the, you know, other sealed copies of like, other games that have gone out there in the past. I guess. But, but, so yeah, you want this game? It's, you want this game? It's like gonna be a little bit expensive, but expensive, but expensive. But I wouldn't call these prices crazy. Twenty bucks is. Uh, you, well, would you say like twenty four to? Twenty-four to forty dollars. Uh, I so. think I might go maximum twenty on this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah. Like I said, like, like I said, you want to play the original arcade version. Like, it is available. But it's available. It is, it is available as part of the Title Legends collection, and there's always yep. names. So, um, but uh, I, I don't know if Title Legends version supports the like supports light gun though. Probably not. I think that would be a lot of uh, programming work. Yeah. So I doubt it. But um, yeah. So I mean, if you're a shooter fan, like you're into Operation Wolf, I think twenty four twenty four dollars is a reason is an okay price to pay for this game. Um, you know, because it is because because like I said, it is like like it's fairly uncommon. Title apparently apparently did not make a uh, um uh, apparently did not make a big print runner like these games. So I so I can imagine the price. Price can increase like as time goes by. Hmm. So, I guess. So, I guess if you want the game, grab it now. <laughs> or n- uh, right. forever hold your peace. Right. So, one other bit of interesting trivia. Uh, George and I talked a little bit about. George and I talked about this like a little bit more. Uh, uh, like on Mike before podcasting, but uh, some of you, but, but some of you may be familiar uh, with a movie out there, which also has the name uh, of Operation Thunderbolt. Um, 
they're not really connected, except it's in very like tangible ways. Uh, the movie, the movie, the movie deals with the real life event, uh, a real life event that happened in 1976, uh, like of an operation uh, codenamed by the Israeli Defense Forces, uh, who, who did a hostage rescue, like did a hostage rescue mission um, at the town of, I believe it's pronounced like Entebbe, uh, but the country began to, which is. Uh, which is a small country in Central Africa. So they actually called it Operation Operation Thunderbolt, and there was a movie made uh, after that, uh, depicting the, uh, you know, like a dramatization, like depicting the, just to depict the events of the raid. So, um, hmm. so there's some. So I, you probably say that the game developers were inspired by the movie, uh, uh, by the movie, like a, like a very like, you lose sense of the term, but because you know both of them. Both of them involve rescuing hostages. Both of them take place in Africa. Uh, both of them involve, like you know, you know, special defense forces. Um, you know, both of them involve, like you know, like a hijacked plane. That's really about it. Just, uh, you know, it's really about it. As far as the similarities go, I've not seen the movie. Um, take, you take, take a quick look at it online. Your views of it are pretty good. Uh, so I may have to check it out. Sure. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I think I, so I think I pretty much said everything about this game. I think I could think about it's certainly a fun game. I certainly enjoyed my time playing it. I think the, I think the, re, I think the, I think the long term value of this game is probably it you was know, limited. But I think for playing like short bursts, it's pretty fun. Um, you know, I probably will go back to this game like later on, to later on in the future. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, surpass Operation Wolf for me. Probably. Uh, probably because Operation Wolf has very strong, uh, has very strong like starter value for me at this point. But um, that's a very worthwhile sequel, I thought. It's not quite as good as Operation Wolf, but still a very good game in like, its own right. And I certainly think that, like I said, anybody enjoys shooters of this of this type, is definitely recommended to check this game out because apparently, if you, if you, because like I said at the beginning, this is an uncommon game that you know skip a lot of people's notice. So sometimes uh, nostalgia hurts. It does, yep. But I mean, Operation Wolf. I, Operation Wolf. I, I still find it a fun game today. I, I mean, I, I still play that game from now, uh, uh, now and then also. But yep. um, but it certainly helps with my enjoyment of this game. I think because I'm not very sure. I'm not very really sure if I would like this game as much if I, as I did. I didn't have the history. So um, the graphics in this game definitely are definitely worth checking out. At the very least, these are gorgeous graphics. Probably some of the best, uh, some of the best graphics I've seen in the system. Um, the, the, the real, the real, big, the real biggest knock to gameplay is just that slow aiming, uh, 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 slow aiming target. Uh, once you get used to that, though, um, it's not that bad. Uh, that's pretty much it for me. As far as like now, as far as final wrap up thoughts, George, how about you? Uh, I basically kind of just did my wrap up thoughts before. Oh, it's a cool game, and I feel like you should try it as many ways as as possible to uh, get the most out of it, and see which is best for you. Yeah, I really, yeah, um, I'd also really like to play the game with somebody else at some point. Oh yeah, there's a two-player thing in Mavaver. Yep. yep. Yeah. The Super NES version of the game preserves the preserves the preserves the two-player co-op that the uh, that the arcade game had, and I'm sure like most games, this game's this game's a lot more fun. Uh, when you play with somebody else. Oh, I'm sure it is. So, um, I think as far as shooters, uh, um, I, I, I think as far as shooters, shooters, of the shooters of this type of, of the Super NES, this game is pretty good. Um, it's certainly better. It's, it's certainly a better shooter than like you know like uh, T2 or like um, um, or um, oh god, what was that? What was that? What was that? What was that? What was that arcade game that that uh, that that, uh, that that like arcade group? Uh, I'm sorry, that that, that uh, band did. Uh, they're going to like on like right now. Um, damn it! There was an arcade game. Are you talking about the uh, was an Aerosmith? Uh, y- yes, yes, shooter? that game. Yeah, yeah. I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank of the blank of the game right now. I'm sure people out there are screaming at you know their iPods, but um, yeah, that game also is not very good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, as far as shooters go, this game's probably one of the better ones to play on the system. I yeah I I think you're right on that. So uh, yeah and uh, 
And uh, yeah, by all means, George, you have to check out. Uh, um, you should also like, go back check out like a ball like on the ass. Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, that game, that game, that game, that game, that game has a lot of similarities. Uh, I think there's, I think there's like, as far as this one goes. Um, just that the main difference, the main difference is that game you go screen by screen. It's like them having to scroll. Once you, right. once you open up enemies, uh, um, or kill or you kill people on the screen, you can ball. Uh, it just advances to the next screen. So, but yeah. Uh, Beyond that, so beyond that, the two games are very similar. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, thank you always for tuning in to listen to us. We very much, so very much appreciate it, and hope we gave you some new information, education, uh, uh, playing a scary game that probably most of you out there like not heard of either. So, um, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, we very much would like to hear from you. Uh, you can reach us on our Facebook page, um, which is over 900 likes at this point, by the way. So many things out there, everybody out for that. Um, and you can also email me directly if you want to at the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Um, George, besides this, so besides this means of communication, uh, like how can the people that you know, they get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's at Mr. Chief at M-I-S-T-U-R-C-H-E-E-F. But uh, on top of that, I do other stuff in this podcast. I do other podcasts, first <laughs> off. Uh, Master System Masterpieces. That's a fun podcast. We talk about Master System games. Greg and I do PlayStation Power. Uh, that is not a family-friendly podcast, but we talk about PlayStation and PlayStation 2 games. And then there's the box for it where... Uh, everybody it's it's a no man's land uh, <laughs> not family friendly um just not, not important we just talk about things it's it's all right <laughs> but uh on top of that i uh i do other stuff uh if you take my twitter handle if you want to go on youtube or various <laughs> streaming sites you can find my content uh it's always fun to do some kind of video when it pertains to video games. Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, we are also a proud member of both the Throwback Network and Retro Junkies, where you can find other, uh, like other great retro-themed podcasts, both gaming and like non-gaming related. And you can also find this podcast like on iTunes. Um, next time... We are very pleased to have some special guest episodes coming up. Um, hopefully, hopefully everything goes according to plan. Of course, we're like being what it is. Who knows? But um, if everything works according to this uh, plan, um, we should be having joining us, joining us, joining us for the next episode of the Super News Podcast. Um, somebody who's somebody, somebody, somebody's not been on this, somebody's not been on this podcast for a very long time. So I'm very pleased to have him back. Uh, the wonderful, awesome, like William Culver, like AKA Willie. Yay. Who does so many podcasts I can't keep them all straight. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, let me try real quick. He does a uh, he does the ClecoVision podcast. He, he, he does the Channel F podcast. He does Toy Tune uh, 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 Toy Tune podcast, which is a great podcast. Uh, uh, from like your old toys. Uh, he does Atari Visions, which focuses upon ports of games between the Atari Three Six Hundred to the, the ClecoVision, like the television. Um, let's see. That's I know. I, um, I know. That's only four. I know there's more. Oh, he, uh, he also does the. Um, he also does a uh, a Coleco spinoff podcast talking about the um, the dedicated consoles that they came. The dedicated consoles that they come and released over the years. Um, so that's. Five. Um, oh, um, and he also does Vectrex Radio, uh, like of like a Rick. Um, so that's so that's so so that's six podcasts right now, and, and I think that's it. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, I thought you did a lot of podcasts, George. He certainly, yeah, uh, I mean, um, he's, he certainly certainly has both of us beats. I don't know how he does it because he, I mean, he works, I work, everybody yeah. works, but. Like, I don't know. He also, yeah, he, he also has a pretty active YouTube channel. He does. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's, it's some good stuff, though. Please yes, check him is. out. Arcade yeah. USA. He definitely. Some, so. some great stuff he does. So, yeah. Uh, boy's a great guy. Um, um, uh, so we're, 
Uh, so we're going to be like very, very pleased to have him, to, to, to have him back on the podcast next time. Um, he has chosen the game for us to talk about. We're going to be talking about Pack Attack, which is a uh, Tetris style puzzle game with a Pac Man theme to it. I've not played it, it should be interesting. The screenshots look interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know nothing about this game. Like I said, like I said, it's just basically a Tetris clone except with Pac-Man stuff. Can't wait. <laughs> Does it have a Pac-Man-inspired Tetris theme? I doubt it. <laughs> Dang it. Zero that, out of ten. That would be a weird-ass game. <laughs> <laughs> you alright? Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we should be having... So stay tuned. We should be having further, like further, like further guests, guest hosts coming on in the podcast after that. Uh, everything's everything tentatively planned, like right now, but um, don't want to announce it too far, to, to too far in advance. I'll, I'll just say that. So I'll so I'll just so so I'll just say so I'll, so I'll, I'll just say this. Just say that all these guests have previous and all the previous they've been on the podcast in the past. So they're all going to be like returning guest hosts. Means they have the tower to us enough to want to come back, <laughs> <laughs> or we just paid them a good enough uh, amount of money. I'm not making any money off this, are you? <laughs> well, no, we're we're paying those people to come back, right? Um, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> just go with the mail. <laughs> yep, yep, but it's but it's not. Never mind. Anyway. Uh. Alrighty, so um, that's so that's it for this episode. Thank you again, always, George, for, George, for joining us, yep. um, and for and, and for coming on to talk about this stuff with us. Stuff with me, I very much, you, you, I very much appreciate it. Um, any final witty thoughts you want to like close the podcast on for our listeners out there? Uh, uh, spaghetti. <laughs> yes, have some. Yes, have some spaghetti uh, tomorrow. It's a good dinner. <laughs> have some spaghetti so you won't regret it. Okay, now we need to end this podcast. <laughs> uh, goodbye, all. Thanks. Bye. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.